Hi, this is T. It's Joey. And Kwana. Welcome to Views from the Chicks, the music podcast where we discuss music as it pertains to everyday life. Good morning, good evening, good night. Welcome to Views of the Chicks. Hey, ladies. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Good. How are you guys doing? I'm good. How you feeling today? Feeling good, feeling great. How are you? I'm good. Name I'm, that song. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> what is it? It's Outcast. Outcast? Oh, oh sorry. It's Sunday. I wasn't <laughs> ready. For the I wasn't ready either. <laughs> I wasn't ready. ready. She wasn't ready. Shout out to Outcast. <laughs> we love you. Three okay. stacks. So what are we here doing today, ladies? Surviving R. Kelly docuseries. Yes. We've spoken about mm-hmm. R. Kelly. On many occasions. On many occasions. Yes. So we are going to just, you know, hit on some points that the documentary discussed. And we want to really relay this conversation back to the music industry and how it affects that and the perception with that, too. And then also talk about the effects of what's going on with social media and how certain artists are reacting to that and how people are reacting to that, especially within the black community. Um, I feel like those are we are the ones who are being more vocal about it. I haven't yes. really seen any opinion from all of America or all of the world. Yeah. Just the usually yeah, I just know. usually the black community who's really responding to this because, you know, in in a sense, this is their king of R and B. You know what I mean? And I feel like a lot of people are devastated by this. So let's yes. start it off. I mean it is a devastating situation my goodness I, i'm just gonna start off by saying in all honesty i did not watch the whole thing same i watched the first two episodes um there's five there's six. six the last one comes on tonight it came, uh, out, last it came night. out last night oh, okay yeah it's it was two episodes a night two hours a night basically so i watched the first two and honestly that took me forever to get through because that shit was just hard i didn't really i thought it was a three Hour, right? Yeah, event. It I didn't know it was lot. three days. Right, and three days like, is a lot. Wow, to, to hold and two carry hours a day. Yeah, to carry all that. And I'll, I'll be completely honest. I watched mm, ten minutes of the first episode, mm-hmm. and that was it. And I couldn't watch anymore. It was too. It was too much. Mm-hmm. It was too much. I I couldn't. I couldn't. It was. Joey was when we were all on the phone the other day. She's like, it was hella triggering. It yeah. was. It was hella triggering, and I could not. I couldn't watch it. So yeah. triggering that they literally had to make a surviving R. Kelly watch guide for mm-hmm. people. Because you never know who's affected by what and mm-hmm. how mm-hmm. deep, you know. What's that site? G-G-E-N-Y-C, which stands for Girls for Gender Equity. And I think they actually created this in partnership with the executive producers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it's a surviving R. Kelly viewer guide. And it just lists, you know, basically, in essence, what the documentary is about, the different topics they covered, mm-hmm. just so everybody's going into it knows what to expect. And just some self-care tips for survivors of it, because, <sighs> you know, things that they discuss can parallel a lot of people's stories. Right. So I thought that was important. And they made like a um, general questions, like the discussion based questions, basically things to really take away from watching this, because since R. Kelly is someone who has been charged with many crimes for the past God, I don't know how many years. Yeah. Like, shit, a long ass time. So, and I think it was important. Off on mm. Everything, mm. and I don't. It, it baffles me. Like mm. just watching the first two episodes, um, they went back into his childhood, how he grew up, his family, school, 
um, how he got started into music, how he met um, how he met Aaliyah, the marriage, the annulment, um, and then going forward after that when he was getting really popular and with um, I Believe I Can Fly mm-hmm. and um, starting to really, um, I guess, starting that whole journey of having the young girls around him at basically all times. Right. Um, so it ended there. From what I saw. Mm-hmm. And then I know that the next episodes, they were going to begin talking about the sex tape and the trial and... The bulk of that. Yeah, mm-hmm. the bulk of that up into today. So, like, for me, so I watched a majority of it. I kind of tapped in, tapped out, mm-hmm. caught it here and there. So, since they outlined what each episode would be about, like Juan was saying, like, the first episode basically talked about how he was actually abused as a child, which mm-hmm. kind of talks about how it's a deep-rooted sickness that kind of passes on for cycles. And then the big chunk of the middle, I think, what, episode two to maybe four, is about the victims themselves. And then the last two are more so about the trial and, like, where they're at now with it mm-hmm. and how we can move, well, not to say move forward, yeah. but and how to handle this. And now are who are still looking for their daughters that they have not seen in years who they know are with exactly. R. Kelly at the moment. Exactly. So for me, I think the most... One of the main takeaways that I took from this was the debate that everyone has. You know, we talk about it all the time. Mm -hmm. Can you separate the art from the artist when it comes to music? Because even after this documentary, there was numerous people on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, whatever, still defending him. Like, you know, these girls are lying and I'm still going to be listening to Step in the Name of Love. Like, I don't care what's going on. I'm not moved by any of this. You know, music is music and that's what it is. What you do in your personal life is your personal life. My issue with that is that this is a man who was using his art to manipulate Mm -hmm. these people. He knows that he was in a position and a place to utilize his art form and lure these girls in to this whole facade of whatever the fuck he thinks he is, Mm -hmm. or actually is, you know, is actually. So I personally cannot separate the art from the artist, especially in this case, because he used that art to manipulate and get what he wanted out of the situation. Yeah, at this point, it's so much deeper than just music. I'm actually going to quote, there is a journalist that I follow on Instagram, Sylvia Obel. Oh, I Um, love her. Yes, she, I think, works works for BuzzFeed Mm -hmm. at the moment. And on Twitter, at Sylvia Obel, uh, she tweets, this surviving R. Kelly doc hurts so bad because a monster like him can't exist without a society that allows him to. His career is a byproduct of rape culture. R. Kelly would not be able to finance all of these sexual crimes and abuse if it wasn't for his platinum albums and sold-out tours. He's flying girls out, supporting lifestyles, paying for abortions and lawsuit settlements, and we all funded it. Many of us still do. Mm. And I'm like, that. It, it, it's exactly, you know, that's exactly the truth. So to separate... You know, to say, oh, well, music is just music and I'm still going to support and go to his shows and buy this, the song and stream it and all this other stuff. And it's like he's getting money for his art, which is in turn basically keeping him out of jail. It's funding him the lifestyle. It's funding him the lifestyle. Like um, they had Hype Williams on the docuseries and he spoke a lot about things that he's seen with um, R. Kelly throughout the years. And, you know, people, like, the record companies don't care. They're like, oh, so how much money is he making? And they're like, well, I mean, he's making a lot of money, Mm -hmm. but, you know, he's also has been accused and, 
you know, allegedly he has young girls around him and, you know, oh, okay, but how much money is he making? Like, pe- they That's don't what care. they care about. But we see that today with all the bullshit artists that they promote today. Like, it's not music, but they're mm-hmm. like, they're making us money. They have the yeah. following like, lineup. oh, he's in a gang? Okay, how much money is he making? Exactly. Oh, he exactly. killed some people? Oh, how much money is he making? Exactly. So I think, like, with the question of how did R. Kelly get away with all of this for so long, I think part of it, definitely after watching the documentary, boils down to his team, the people that was around him mm-hmm. that weren't speaking up about it. Half of those motherfuckers on the documentary need to be in fucking prison. Yes. Okay? In yes. His, his former <laughs> tour manager, Ooh, uh, Demetrius Smith, he helped him forge the papers for the Aaliyah marriage. Crazy. He was there in the hotel room when they got married. You are watching... This grown man mm-hmm. marry a 15-year-old as she lies on a marriage license saying she's 18. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, you know, I see in her face that she, she, she was scared worried. and worried. Yes, she's 15. And you sat there and you watched it, happen. it happen. And I'm sure, I mean, I'm sure if R. Kelly had as many people or girls are there around him, I'm sure that man's not innocent himself. He probably involved in some things as well. But like, yeah. They spoke about how they would lure around the high schools mm-hmm. and go to the local, um, the malls and like literally yeah, you pick would, up people. You, you would help him recruit these girls. Hey, let's go to the mall. Hey, R. Kelly wants to meet you. Hey, he wants you to come to the studio. Here's his number. He wants you to call him. You are helping him. That was crazy to me. That yeah. part I was just like, oh, okay. And they allowed you to do this documentary? Cool. Yeah. Great. So. No, is the statute of limitations up? Like, what is it? It has I'm to be like, something. Or he's like, okay, if you're not going to charge me, I don't, I don't know how that works. Because I'm like, so you're basically an accessory to all this. All of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. So how are, how is all, all y'all not in jail? Right. That's a question I still have. And I hope they do something about that. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, man. Is there anything in the documentary that surprised you guys? Um, I feel like, especially with people like R. Kelly, and he was molested when he was a kid and uh, stuff like that. And I feel like during that time period, um, there wasn't, you know, seeking therapy wasn't a big thing back then. You know, right. you just kept it a secret. Mm-hmm. And it's he didn't more, tell anybody. He didn't tell anybody. It's very difficult when it's someone in your family. And then how do you vocalize that? I personally think he needs help. You know what I mean? I'm not excusing his actions. I didn't know that he had this trauma in his life. Seeing that portion, it just like clicked for me as to why he's been operating the way he has. Like sexual things were happening for him at very a age, at yeah. a young age yeah. that he shouldn't mm-hmm. when he's supposed to be playing outside with trucks. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I saw that and I was like, you know what? Typically, you know, I'm not a person who is, you know, a professional on this stuff, but a lot of people who do these things, it's happened to them. It's just a cycle. So we have to have this conversation and kind of stop the cycle in mm-hmm. a sense. That's like what I took away from it. Um, it was just, mm-hmm. yeah, it was just very, very hard to watch. It's very hard to talk about. To be honest, I'm exhausted <laughs> by it, um, especially the last week. It, it was a lot. But I would say... I'm not surprised I'm saying by any of this stuff because we all knew, um, especially going on, going on yeah. especially with the 
I remember us being younger, the whole Dave Chappelle skits with, you know, I want to pee on you, Kelly. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Like, I want to pee on you. I want to pee. Like, you know what I mean? We saw that. We, we, like, we all knew what was going on. I think what, to to come on with that, with the the whole joking thing, I think as black people, we've been kind of conditioned and desensitized to to our pain. Yes. And I feel like we always try to turn something awful into a joke because it's an easier way for for us to cope. But what we don't realize is that, yeah, we're coping, but we're not dealing with Mm it. So I feel like it allows us to kind of push things mm-hmm. on the back burner. Like yeah. even when, you know, not to bring things to politics, but I remember like when Trump was running, everyone's making like funny memes and all this shit. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not funny. This is real life. Like, <laughs> we he, in this. Yeah. His, he's really on Twitter acting a damn fool. Yeah. Like it's really happening. I mean, but you guys, we are not getting our refund checks. Okay. Are y'all still laughing? <laughs> like, plans no. fucked up. Okay. Right. I got plans for that check. <laughs> this isn't funny. Yeah. But you know what? Also, through conversation and hearing, like, you know, when R. Kelly was having those trials and stuff, right. he was putting out bangers. He was putting out Step in the Name of and Love. That- he was putting out mm-hmm. um, I, I'm a Champ, whatever. He is a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, th- yeah. there was all those stuff that these these things that were overshadowed what was going on. Mm-hmm. And we, as people, we love music. Music make us feel good. Mm-hmm. Music is a distraction from the negative thing that is going on. Mm-hmm. He knew what he was doing, but the man—I mean, the man is just—he's just he's just he need he needs help. Yes, like, but his ass needs to be in jail, and he needs to get help from there because I understand, and I understand what you're saying. T. Yes, he he's been abused, and abused people hurt other people, and they repeat the cycle of abuse. But he was seven. This man is now what fifty something, fifty one. He's, he up there. He up there. Yeah. And at this point, he is conscious and he's mm-hmm. enough to know that what he has been doing for the past. I think over 20 plus years. 20, yeah. 20, 30 yeah. years at this point um, is not right. He, he, he knows it's wrong. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know it's wrong. It's wrong. You I mean, know it's wrong, but you just need that, to get, that you need Facebook to get help. That Facebook Live, that Facebook Live um, post. That came out earlier, two thousand like two thousand eighteen. He was on Facebook Live. Somebody oh, was recording video. him. Uh, I don't know if he knew. Maybe he did know. Maybe he didn't care. But um, somebody was recording him, and he was uh, in a room with friends and mm-hmm. whoever. And he's talking about all this mute R. Kelly stuff. Mm-hmm, this was at right. the time when that first yeah. really popped up on Twitter, and everyone was talking about it. And he's saying, "Man, it's so it's too late. It's too late. They should have did this thirty years ago." It's too late for that. Nonchalant. Yeah. Because, and the theme, one of the themes throughout the docuseries is he thinks he's invincible. He thinks he's untouchable. Yeah. He well, money, he... I feel like money, when people get to a certain status, they acquire a certain amount of financial wealth, they feel like they are invincible. And he felt that he was because I'm sure the amount of people that have touched this situation that are probably in the industry and have always known he's probably been paying them off for yeah. ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so... He's like, oh, this person, I can give them hush-hush mm-hmm. money and they'll shut yeah. up and they won't say anything. Yeah, People, so it's like, that. like yeah. Harvey Weinstein, you know, Bill Cosby, these people are people of influence, mon- influence yeah. and money gives them power. So money is, you know, able to hide their dirty, dirty little secrets. Yeah. But I'm being positive about this with the Me Too movement and people coming and, you know, shedding their stories. It's giving other people enough courage to talk about it. And I'm happy right. that the conversation is happening, um, especially within the black community, because it's something that we don't talk about. We kind of put it away. And it sucks that a lot with, like, the abusers and stuff. Like like you were saying, Kwana and Joey, too, 
the the parents, the handlers, his team, the artists, the people who are not even speaking up about it right now, they are all responsible. We Absolutely. can't we can't mm-hmm. all put it on R. Kelly. Like we're not gonna just throw away the key and put him in there. We need to throw everybody else yeah. in there. The parents for taking the money, the parents for you know, Gosh. and then mm. it's gonna be a little controversial. Well, what I'm about look, to say, <laughs> I mean, we all have our own opinions. So yeah, please, I, like, you know. Also, too. I didn't watch all of it, so conversations I've been having with people, they were seeing how some of the girls were fans of his. I was going to bring that up. Yes. Yes. Some of them were fans of him. But a 14-year-old fan is going to do whatever you say. Yeah, anybody. Like, if we're 14 14 and my crush or whatever. Remember when, like, remember when Chris Brown first came out? How old were we? We his were age, we we were his. He's like our age, 15, so we 16, were. Yeah, he was a teen. He's attainable. He was, he was a, he was if, a but if Chris Brown was like, let's so, tea, let's go to the back. At that age, I probably would have been exactly, like, yes. Back where? Where we go? <laughs> or, in one or if somebody comes up to you in the mall and yeah. someone's like, oh, Chris Brown, Chris Brown wants to talk to you, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh yes, uh, yeah, I want to talk to him. Oh, Chris Brown wants you to come to the studio. Oh, sure, and you know. You have these girls who there's no supervision at that right. point because they're not bringing their parents with right. them. Right, they're sneaking out. They're, they're doing sneaking, whatever. They're there's like friends. R. Kelly. Well, and that, that's <laughs> the point I was going to make too because um, there was a point in the documentary where there was one girl even after the trial with this. I think it was the trial with the six tape, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. But after even with the trial of that, she was 14, come from a single parent home. I believe she was an only child. Her mom thought she was going to school, and she was skipping school and going to the trial and standing out there with her posters oh, and her yes, R. Kelly yes. t-shirts and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, she's 14. Like, I was someone who was crazy for some B2K. Yeah, yes. So, like, I get that crazy you, fan you girl. Would've, you would have dro- dropped them first. <laughs> I mean, my mom got a grip a grip yes. hold on me, so that's my still going to happen. My mom, too. That wouldn't happen. Right, but, yeah. You know, the parents that, need to be accountable. With that situation and that background, she... I'm not gonna say that she put herself there because she she's 14. She, in her mind, she's thinking about she's the music. a kid. She's a she's kid. A minor. She's he's, a kid. He's, he the, he's the adult in the situation. He knows, he knows that. better. He prayed on it. Man, you there for a trial for this fucking situation, and you go you still going after a girl at the fucking courthouse? Yes. You really don't give a fuck. He's sick. You really the man is care. sick. You really don't. There's care. no explanation. He's sick. He needs to be. He needs serious help. So like, and the <sighs> parents and yeah, his handlers, going, yeah, they need help. You're on trial for for. Sex crimes with minors, and you pi- you're picking up you're minors pick- in the crowd of your truck. Like what? That's how. That's <laughs> yeah. At some point, we have to hold us as the mm-hmm. culture responsible. Yeah. I mean, we were fairly young yeah. when this was going on, right? But a lot of the radio it- stations, like Tom Joyner, was on there mm-hmm. even talking about like. You know, he was a top, still is, but like was a top guy during that time. And like they didn't ban R. Kelly's music. Mm-hmm. They weren't, you know, everybody was turning a blind, a blind eye towards it. Miss Info was on there, mm-hmm. who's a popular um, radio personality. And she was saying like, even when everything was going on, he was acquitted or I think it was still going on. He was inviting people over to his mansion for a listening party. And she's like, you know, she was there with other journalists. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I had my feelings about the situation. But as a music journalist, I'm in job mode. And I just mm-hmm. left my feelings towards th- that situation. Because yeah, everybody wants to get paid. They want to their job they want right. he's one of the hottest art like that's yeah it's 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 yeah. it's the whole situation is absolutely sick it's just sick the, everything everybody it's just it's just sick um i also wanted to talk about the jada pickett she put out a video today and she yeah. was stunned that his dreams have gone up mm-hmm. he's making money off of this situation surviving right. r kelly like he's making money because people are listening to the music and she's like why are you guys listening and i have an answer for that the reason why I think people... I mean, I wasn't one of those people. Yes. I got I, enough from the yeah. documentary. Mm-hmm. But 
yeah. basically what they detailed in a lot of parts of the documentary was that a lot of the songs that he wrote were inspired by his sexcapades with these mm-hmm. young minors. So like so You Are Not Alone yeah. by that he wrote for Michael Jackson was inspired by a young girl that he actually impregnated and she had an abortion. She had a, she had a miscarriage. miscarriage. sorry. Did he tell these people these songs were written about them? Yes, he told her. She was, she had, mm. uh, yeah, she got pregnant, she had a miscarriage and he was nowhere to be found. So he he was writing. Michael alone. Jackson wanted to work with him at that time. Yeah. He wrote You Are Not Alone for Michael Jackson and told her. Now he's fucking, well, I would say he fucking up Michael Jackson, but that's a whole nother yeah, legacy yeah, whole nother situation. situation. He told her, <laughs> yeah, I wrote this song for you. I'm going to play. He played it for her um, and wrote it yeah. with her in mind. Yeah, so there there were a lot of other instances like that, like Aging Nothing But a Number. Aging Nothing But a Number. Aaliyah. He, the whole first, Aaliyah's whole first album, he did. He yeah. produced it, wrote it. So I think people were listening to try to, you know, look at the lyrics and see like, oh, damn. damn like that he really meant but that. But they probably don't realize like, this is actually going towards his place and he's probably going to make money off of this. I don't think they realize that in the moment or maybe mm-hmm. some of them actually don't care. And well, he better make them... as much money as he can because he ain't going to be working for a long time. I think that's why mm. people have gone <laughs> back now. To actually listen and be like, wow, like, let me really listen to the, because I'm sure people weren't listening. You're yeah. just, it's a good song. You like the beat, the beat blah, blah, yeah. blah. Yeah. You don't care. And I now eat, people are going Bump and back. grind. That's just like, when you're at the party, that song comes on. Everyone's like, whoa. It's, you know what I mean? Like, you, now you can't listen to the song the same. Yeah, but it's so talking funny. talking about a 14-year-old girl. It's so funny because... Um, one of my friends that was at church with her today, and she was like, you know, the whole R. Kelly situation. She's like, girl, please. Um, she was at a, well, when did the documentary come out? This week? It was right? Thursday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, it was early. So she's like, she went to a New Year's Eve party. They were playing R. Kelly. And everybody was stepping in the name of love. And so she was just like, yeah, she's like, please, they're going to still play his music. People are going to still have it at the reunion, the wedding. And Honestly, I think, I think that this documentary said, is going to change it. I'm on. <laughs> I think this documentary is going to change people's perspective. Granted, yes, of course, you're going to get the few that's like, you know, listen to the music, forget everything else, fine, whatever. But I think for the most part, people are not going to trickle this down. And I think even more so because you have artists, you have people like Jada Pinkett Smith who talks about how she watched it with Willow. Yeah. You know, you have people in the industry speaking out about it. Meek Mill said something. Um, you know, Chance the Rapper said what he said. Mm-hmm. John Legend obviously was in the documentary and spoke mm-hmm. about it. You have these people coming out and denouncing R. Kelly's behavior and you know how they don't agree with it so I think now that you have people in the industry who also have the influence to influence their fans Mm -hmm. to not support him I mean I think it's going to change how much I don't know I just pray that it ends with a prison sentence but um yeah I think overall I think if we're talking music industry wise there's groupie there's groupie culture yeah, there's the music called, there's there's a lot of yeah there like, there's two there's two sides to this story. You know what I mean? There's it, it's both dark the sides. Like what whatever R. Kelly's doing with these young girls, a lot of musicians. I'm are sure doing he. It. And Granted, I'm, he's doing he's taking it to levels clearly. Yeah, but there's a lot of artists who probably aren't speaking up because they don't want shit to start unraveling about them. Yes. There's oh, a lot man. of people, yeah. And then that's what Meek Mill, he was tweeting about that today. He's like, you know, this industry is dirty, it's nasty, you don't even understand. He said a lot of people are not talking about it because it probably affects them. Mm-hmm. And they're involved in it some way, you know what I mean? So they don't want to shed yeah. light to and well, or affect their money or their check. Well, this industry is, it brings out the worst in people because whatever you want, whatever vice you have, whatever darkness is in you, that is basically celebrated it's available Mm -hmm. to you someone's like okay 
You want to be high every time you make an album? No problem. What do you want? We can go get whatever you need. Mm -hmm. You know, you want people in the studio as you're listening? Cool. He would build bedrooms Mm -hmm. in the middle of the studio. He would have a studio and here's a bedroom here. Here's a room there with another bed with a girl in there waiting for him. There's another bed down the hall with a girl in that room waiting for him. He would have he would surround himself with these or he would tell his his team, yo, go to the mall, go to the McDonald's um, by the high school, go to the high school and like go get some girls. And they would do it. Mm-hmm. And and I remember in high school someone saying to me, girl, I saw R. Kelly at the mall. Yeah. Our local mall. He was hanging out at the mall. I'm like, why is R. Kelly at the mall? He would go to the mall in every city. Yeah, he yeah. was in our mall. He was in touring, our mall. As he's touring, performing, practicing, he has people literally going to the mall or the high schools or whatever. Like, that is wild. He's, I mean, he's sick. I, I mean, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what else to say. I That's really. Wild. I think I, he definitely, really, like, clearly dangled um, a few um, carrots in front of these people. They have one girl who wanted a lot of them who were aspiring singers. Mm-hmm. Aspiring singers, background dancers, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, background vocals. Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's no telling what a lot of these women, like with the Harvey Weinstein situation, like a lot what a lot of these women had to go through to get to where they are now. Yeah. Not saying it was right or wrong or what situation these men implicated on them to make them feel like by going through this route that you will get to where you are. Well, you they know? instill the fear in them too because you have like... Because they have a oh, lot of pull in know, the industry. You want to work with this artist. Well, if you do this for me, then I can connect you with that person or if you don't then I'm not and it's like you're using that against that and someone said on Twitter too they were just like when are people going to realize that R. Kelly was not the only way to make it like there's other ways to make it he was not the end all yeah but he's also but he's also going to young girls who will take what he says as bible you know what I mean like he didn't go after yo let's go to the club and go get 30 year old women no he said let's go to the high school and Mm. get girls like you have to think like yes we can we can look at these girls or whatever and be like well how did these girls think that that was even right how would they where were the parents and where were this and blah 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 you have to understand that somebody like that knows how to manipulate and they know how to get what they want Mm -hmm. in a way where they don't even really have to do the work for it yeah it's like i i can't manipulate a 30 year old person in the same way i could a child you tell a child especially a child who knows who you are and looks up to you and it said i love to sing i want to sing oh yeah you like to sing come to the studio oh my god I I love his music and he wants me there to sing with him. Like, that's easy. That's easy prey. He's not going for people who know how to say no. He's not going towards people who know how to, like, stand up for themselves or, like, distance or put up boundaries. He's going for people who don't have a sense of, like, this is wrong. I should say no. I should stop it. Because even in the moment when they know that, a lot of the, um, well, they're women now, but a lot of the women in the docuseries met R. Kelly when they were 14, 15, mm-hmm. 16, 17. Yeah. And a lot of them were like, um, like the one uh, Lizette, I think her name is Lizette Martinez, I think is oh, the yeah. one who he wrote You Are Not Alone about. She said she met R. Kelly when she was 17 and she met him in the mall. And he saw her, he gave her a hug, took a picture. She was like, what is, what is R. Kelly doing in the mall? Like, you know, she was shocked. It was in Miami. And... His people came to her and said, here's R. Kelly's number. He wants you to call him. She called him. She said he was straight to the point. Hey, come to the studio. Okay. She was an aspiring singer as well. Yeah, she was an aspiring singer. 
he's playing the piano in the studio. Come sit down with me. She's down with him. They're singing together. And she's like, yo, I couldn't believe it. Like, I could not believe I'm 17, an aspiring singer, and I'm sitting here in the studio with R. Kelly singing with him. And then he leans over and he kisses her. And then she's like, oh. She was kind of surprised, like, whoa, wow. And he's kissing her. Next thing you know, he has sex with her in the studio. And she's Crazy. like, I knew that, that, like, she was like, I was shocked. It was happening. I was, like, so taken aback. She was like, it went really fast. Like, I was just like, wow, okay. And then he would always say, I'm going to help you with your career. But every time she would come over, it was nothing but sex. And she... After a while, she was like, I knew that it was going to be, like, something else. Like, he's, he's telling me he's going to help me. He's telling me that, you know, things are going to progress for a career for me. Mm-hmm. She was like, but I knew that, okay, something is happening where it's going to be more than what I bargained for. Yep. But at that point, she's 17. 17. And it's funny that you mentioned the age thing, too, because, I mean... I believe she was a radio personality, but it's someone that he met along the way. She was 33 when they met. Mm -hmm. And he wasn't doing exactly what he was doing to the younger girls with her, but he was physically abusing her. They dated, I think, for two years, Mm -hmm. and he was physical with her and obviously still emotionally abusive. Mm -hmm. So he was, it's just a lot. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, like, to wrap it up, like, it's kind of like, where do we go from here with all of this? We have the mute R. Kelly. Mm -hmm. We have, like, you know, silence him, not support him. Like, we have all of that. Um, I mean, for me personally, I'm hoping that something could come out of this. I don't know what. I don't know how the law is going to work in this because it seems to me that this has been a known secret, basically. Like, this has been out in the open for so long, and he's been on trial for things, and he's been, you know, like, arrested and charged for things, and it's like he still has not seen an ounce of jail time for anything. So I don't know how it could actually get to that point. But, I mean, I know I can do my part. Mm -hmm. And I know R. Kelly is not in my house. And I know if I'm at my parents' house or something and and if something comes on the radio or if something were, you know, like watching, listening to, like, WBLS and they play something, you know, I can quickly turn the channel. Like, I, I just only can control what I do. Right. And just me having a daughter, there's no way that I can support that behavior or just write it off as like, well, you know, it's music. No, not at all. Not at all. I'm with you on that. And like for the people out there who say, you know, it's a documentary, you have all these people, how do you know that they're telling the truth? The amount of shit that we know that is factual is more than enough. Who would do a six hour and what's the benefit to lie documentary on a lie? What's the benefit? That makes no sense. Why even go through all this? Who would be paying, like, it doesn't make any sense. Why there, would they lie? There is a marriage certificate that you can actually Google and see, and you can probably call the county yourself and, and see it, it because it's because yeah. marriage licenses, they're all public records. To be honest, if all the information they had was the marriage with Aaliyah and the sex tape, that's more than enough. Yeah. That's all you need. And you she, know that's true. So She was 15. But we all, yeah, we already knew all the stuff. And it's like, mm. for people to still be like, well, I mean, you don't know if they're telling the truth. Really? No, like at that point, you just want to be willfully ignorant. Yeah. At that point, and those are people you can't help. You, just, you can't you persuade just them. Wanna, you just, you just them, don't want to believe that it's true. Yeah, you're just refusing to believe it's true. It's a lot. My question to you guys is, um, I mean, this is an extreme case. 
Right. But in cases of other artists who may not be doing the things that R. Kelly does, but maybe um, an artist like Takashi 6 9 mm-hmm. or an artist, um, uh, I mean, I'm drawing a blank, but, you know, just maybe an artist who may be involved in some activities that are just not good, like um, XXX uh, Tentacion, like rest in peace to him, you know, but a lot of people didn't didn't want to support his music as well because of the um, troubles that he had. Um, so where do you draw the line? I think everybody who's guilty needs to be blasted equally, yes, but I'm... I always, I, I don't know, I get angry when people are like, oh, if we're blasting R. Kelly, we have to make sure we're giving Harvey Weinstein and all these other people the same thing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah we do, but yes. we're here. So, so let's so throw them all let's out. Do, yes. Exactly. Like, that's, that's the point. But we're here now, so let's focus on this, and we focus on them, and we just going to keep, keep it going. It doesn't have to stop. The fight does not stop. We're continuing on. So when people say that shit, I'm like, really? Like, really? Where do you yeah. draw the line? This is a su- very severe case. But if there's enough people coming forward about things that are happening, I think everything should be taken seriously, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. You can't assume that it's a lie. You need to take it serious and look into it and try to figure it out for yourself. That's how I feel. Yeah. And um, Chance the Rapper did uh, issue an apology on Twitter um, because he did do a song with R. Kelly. Uh, I forget. It was pro- a couple years ago, maybe. But... Um, says, the truth is any of us who ever ignored the R. Kelly stories or ever believed he was being set up slash attacked by the system, as black men often are, were doing so at the detriment of black women and girls. I apologize to all of his survivors for working with him and for taking this long to speak out. Mm. And that was on the 5th, January 5th, where he tweeted that. Um, There was a clip of him actually in the last part of the documentary, too, he was saying he thinks a majority of people ignored it because it was dealing with black girls. Mm. Yes. So he was saying that how too. everyone kind of turns a blind eye when it comes to the culture, in a sense. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't take it as serious. Like, granted, yeah. if R. Kelly was doing this to, you know, people of the other, I it mean, would if, be taken a little if differently. If you have these white parents on TV crying, talking about some, I have not seen my daughter in two years. And it would have been the last I show. heard from her, she flew to Chicago to go see R. Kelly. Mm-hmm. Like, what kind what? of parent is that? Just going, what? I don't know. Anyways. Oh. And I think a lot of people, when they when it comes to black young girls, a lot of people perceive black young girls to be older than they are, maybe mm-hmm. because it's how they look or whatever. Well, they black just women in general them. are over-sexualized. Right. So I think it has a lot to do with that, too, about how they're perceived in the media and just the perception. Yeah. They're overall. perceived as sexual, perceived as fast, perceived mm-hmm. as... They wanted Older. to be there. Yeah. Like, if like, this was mean? little Kathy Joe around the corner, <laughs> somebody have a problem. Like what? Like <laughs> do do people really think they were that smart at seventeen? Do, like do people really think they were they thought things through that well when they were that young? Like think about how you were at seventeen. Think about the things that you loved at seventeen. Mm-hmm. The artists that you followed at seventeen. Mm-hmm. People so. think you know you're eighteen, you're grown, but you mentally you're not grown. You're not. No. You're not grown at 18. And you think you are, which is why, which is how somebody can like swoop in and make you feel like you're a woman, but you're not. Mm-hmm. You know? So it's like, like I, you know, I've heard all of that before too. Of like, well, I mean, you know, she's 18 or she's young or, you know, but she's grown. No, no, no. You can, no. St- you can take advantage of an 18 year old very easily. 
So all in all, as our closing remarks, we all got to keep R. Kelly respond. I mean, accountable mm-hmm. for his actions. Okay, and yeah, yeah man. keep everybody accountable. Everybody, yeah. And you just got to think about: can you separate the artist from the yeah. person? I, th- I think at this point, no. Nope. Yeah. And Not I think after after this whole thing, it's going to be a lot harder to do that going forward. Agreed. For me, it's going to be a lot harder. Agreed. Yeah. I'm like, mm, oh, I love this music. And then I find out something. I'm like, oh, never yeah. mind. And it does depend on the thing. Because some people just be, you know, people just be arguing with people online. And you're like, is that enough to separate that from the artist? But this? It's mm. enough. So, yeah. So, let us know what your, what your thoughts are on this. Mm-hmm. You know, let us know. Hit us up. Yeah. We'll see how this transpires. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, yeah, if you guys are going to watch it, I mean, it is available on Lifetime and on demand and stuff. So if you got, if you if you want to see it and you haven't seen it yet, just please like take care of yourself. And if you have to take a break and if you have to even stop watching it altogether, don't force yourself. Just no, like just just walk away from it, breathe, relax, because it is a lot, a lot of info, and it, it is very hard to watch. Mm-hmm. But those are our thoughts. Thank you guys. Thank you. Yeah. It's not not the best fun episode. I know. We're, we're, sorry, guys. We're a little pissed yes. right now and just like yeah, annoyed it, Yeah, with this, it's fresh but. in our heads and it's a lot uh, yeah. going on. But um, thank you guys for listening. Let us know what you guys think. Um, send comments um, on our posts. Let us know what you guys feel. Are you guys um, going to start separating art from the artist from now on? How do you feel about that? It's T. It's Joey. And Kwana. And we out. Bye. Peace.